Everybody, we want to do a show, so we're doing a show. It's been forever since we did a show, so we're doing a show together. And it's January of 2015 still, and the PSP award voting is open underway. Ballots are coming in, but the voting is still open. So we wanted to, you know, go over the ballot, talk about how we voted. I'm not going to say, because I am counting the votes, I'm not going to say exactly who's winning things, but I'll point out, you know, this is an especially close race. There are some people who are getting some votes that I didn't expect, that sort of thing. And that sounds like an idea. What do you say, Jack? Well, personally, I think NXT should win Best Promotion, and the rest is all all wash. You know, that was my only for sure on my ballot was that NXT was the best promotion. Ah, you're one of those people who says NXT's a promotion, even though it's not. It's a, here's the thing with NXT, and Hulkamat and I had this conversation in private, but I initially wanted to say NXT's a separate promotion from WWE so that people could say NXT is the best promotion and WWE is the worst promotion. And for the most part, that would be fine, except at the end of the day, the same guy's cutting the checks. It would be like to, it'd be like saying SmackDown is the best promotion. It doesn't work. Uh, yeah. I mean, the case is stronger for NXT being a separate promotion from WWE because the crossover between Raw and SmackDown, even at the height of the brand split, was much greater than the crossover between NXT and WWE proper. But there's still crossover. You still have guys like Cesaro going down and wrestling Sami Zayn, and you mm -hmm. still have guys like Adrian Neville popping up on Raw. Well, I guess it would be kind of like people who say, you know, like you could say 10 years ago, OVW was the best promotion. And because Danny Davis was, you know, running that separately, you could say that. But NXT is literally a WWE owned and operated uh, product. 
You yeah. know, it, 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 Triple H runs it or whatever. Vince the owns it. The guy who is taking, the guy who is taking all of the credit and being given all of the credit and getting all of the fruit baskets for NXT being such a good promotion is the same guy who's on Raw every Monday night as the top heel and who wrestled in a match at WrestleMania with the guy who I put third place for wrestler of the year. And, the you know and and and, on, and at and at the end of the day all of the checks are being cut from WWE Incorporated you know it's not like it's not like somebody else is cutting the checks or NXT they're getting a check from NXT it's it's all from the same thing it all comes yep. from the same place mm-hmm. so it, I yeah it's not even like back in the 90s when WWF was giving money to ECW to help keep ECW alive no. WWE owns NXT. NXT is part of WWE. So, this is a long, a very long-winded way of saying anyone who voted, like, I've seen ballots that had WWE best promotion, NXT second best promotion, that's one vote for WWE. Or, or NXT first best promotion, WWE worst promotion. That's one vote for WWE in both categories. Which is fine. You can do that. Yep. True. But I think that's probably enough about that. <laughs> that's that is enough about that. Let's go down to the wrestler of the year for okay. a second. Okay. Uh why don't you talk a bit about what your ballot was or what it's going to be? Have you submitted your ballot yet? Yes I have. You have? Yes. So I, I could even look at your ballot if I was prepared and had it ready to go, which I'm not and I don't. You could. I'm looking at it though because I, I forgot. Thank goodness. So you do that while I look up my own ballot, which I forgot. <laughs> uh, the thing is, the these awards for the PSP awards, I just, I just, you know, took five seconds to think about it and put down what I would put down, and I didn't like go through too much evaluation. Did did this person draw all that well? Did this person, you know, work a great match every single time they were out there? You know, were they over? All of this different stuff. I just basically said, okay, you ask me who is the wrestler of the year. I put down Daniel Bryan. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, that shouldn't count. He was only there for half the year. But Less than ha- half the year. Yes, you. but his, his half year was so awesome. that It really was. Like, I had Daniel Bryan... Um... I didn't have Daniel Bryan third place in Wrestler of the Year, actually. He was my fourth place candidate, I guess. But I can totally see the case for Daniel Bryan. And if you'll allow me, I think I can make it right here. For half of the year, for six months, Daniel Bryan was the most over wrestler. And for a good portion of that six months, he was the focal point of the programming in the biggest company of the year. As they, as they embarked on this huge experiment with their revenue curve, they put a lot of faith in Daniel Bryan by centering the programming around him. And he delivered by having two down ballot match of the year candidate matches on the same show. And that show just happened to be the biggest show of the biggest promotion of the year. And, and I, it was and also the best show of the year. And you can't quantify this. Maybe you can. But nobody was complaining when he was the focal point of those shows either. The shows were good at that point. They were. Like, Raw was watchable. 
I would watch SmackDown. I would watch SmackDown when he would be on there, just because I knew I was. Not not every week, not every week. But I I see your point. WWE's programming was entertaining and watchable. Yes, it went, when it went, Daniel Bryan was on top, was was the focal point, and even and even after and and I consider him not being the focal point after Extreme Rule after WrestleMania, he was he he became the champion, and then they just kind of shifted focus and were like, okay, he's not the focal point, the Shield is, and while I thought that that was fine for the Shield and whatever, my 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 enjoyment of the shows immediately went down, and. Uh, well, and, yeah. and then, and then, I mean, it was a program with, with Kane. I mean, let's just, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> I like to think it didn't happen, even though it Well, did. yeah. I, my wrestler of the year ballot was, my first place vote went to Shinsuke Nakamura. And, oh. you know, for, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I can't argue with that one bit. Yeah, Nakamura was, basically the ace of the number two promotion and that number two promotion is of course new japan the biggest company in japan a company that had a great year from a storytelling and a business perspective and while nakamura wasn't their world champion he basically took that intercontinental title and made it a second world title yeah he elevated that intercontinental title to where it could headline shows successful shows yeah that's incredible that that is really something. That t- that title was created five years ago, right? And it Less was than. given, and it was given to MVP. And no offense, MVP, but it means more now. MVP is no Shinsuke Nakamura. That's for sure. It's not an insult to. It's not an insult to MVP, and quite frankly, it's not an insult to any wrestler alive to say that he's no Shinsuke Nakamura. Exactly. At this point. Bad luck, Fale. No Shinsuke Nakamura. Right. And then I gave a couple of down ballot votes to Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins because I Seth, thought Seth Rollins was my number two. Mm-hmm. Who was your number three? Adam Cole. Okay. You can talk about Adam Cole after I talk about Ambrose and Rollins, if that's Fair all right. Yep. Ambrose and Rollins. Obviously, they started the year together in the Shield, and they had amazing matches and amazing feuds with the Wyatt family and with Evolution, and they did it while dragging a lead weight around their necks, so they get credit for that. And then, obviously, the Shield splits up, which turned out to be a bad thing, but you know, Seth Rollins has been really good in his role. And I think the only reason Dean Ambrose isn't the most over guy in WWE right now is that WWE decided they don't want him to be. Because they, there was there was a period of time for about two months between between Rollins turning on the shield and Ambrose probably up until right before their Hell in a Cell match where Ambrose was just on fire. And I really thought this guy had the chance to be the next big guy, and they decided not to do anything with him. Yeah, the the most the most damaging thing WWE can do to you is slot you, and that seems to be what they've done with Dean Ambrose. But they they seem to like him a lot, but not at the level of face of the company, and they make him lose all the time. So do you I remember the segment that um, I think Raw was in Brooklyn. And Ambrose and Cena were going to have a handicap match in the main event against somebody. 
I remember the Raw in Brooklyn. Yeah, it was the the Rock the Raw. The Hot Dog Cart Raw. And the Rock Raw. The Rock came back. That, the Rock came back on that, and Dean Ambrose did his Hot Dog Cart. Thing. And it was the first horrible Roman Reigns promo that was done via well, satellite. Well, yes, but <laughs> my point is, when I watched the Hot Dog Cart segment, I thought that's a Stone Cold segment. That was ah. a segment that I could see Stone Cold Steve Austin doing, and Dean Ambrose was doing it about as well and was getting about as much of a reaction when you adjust for the era, of course. I mean, it's 20, you know, late 2014, nothing is going to be as over as Stone Cold Steve Austin was in 1999. So adjust I, for the era. I think that was, that was Ambrose's peak and it's been pretty much all downhill from there. I agree that that was probably his peak, but at the same time, I didn't think the Stone Cold stuff, I didn't think much of that. I thought like, Maybe this was somebody who think thinking, okay, this is this is what Stone Cold does, and you know, without actually ever watching what Stone Cold did, but it was okay. And I thought that he was very over for that for from at least the Shield breakup until Hell in a Cell, he was very over. I thought, um, but it, it all kind of fell apart after yeah. that. So it's the the moment I think that I knew he was in trouble. Not that he was screwed, but that he was in trouble, was on a Raw, I think either right before or two weeks before Hell in a Cell, when Randy Orton just pinned him clean in a tag match. And it's not that it was Randy Orton, and I don't have much hate for Randy Orton this year. It was just Ambrose was super over, and usually when you've got a face who's super over, you don't beat him. Unless you don't want him to be super over. Well. And they beat him. And then Hell in a Cell came and they beat him. And then the match with Wyatt came and they beat him. Actually, he won. He won won the first match with Wyatt. But then he he lost the rematch with Wyatt. And then he lost an ambulance match to Wyatt. And then he lost a street fight to Wyatt. And he lost a whole bunch of matches to Wyatt. And he loses matches and he loses matches and he loses matches. And oh, look, he's not over anymore. Um. I could tell where they were slotting him uh, back in July when D- when Randy Orton beat him clean in the middle of the ring um, in a singles match. And I was like, wow, that's really dumb. You shouldn't beat Dean Ambrose like that. And they were, and I remember people defending it at the time. Well, Randy Orton's going to be in the title match. They have to build up Randy Orton. And I'm like, it's Randy Orton. You can build up Randy Orton by not beating Dean Ambrose. Exactly. It's not if, like there were only two guys in the company. If Randy Orton has to go over, I get it. But don't put him against Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is a fresh singles babyface. You don't do that. Exactly. That's why guys like Big E exist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Big E's okay, but he's definitely been slotted lower than Dean Ambrose. Yeah. I mean, there and... there are there are dozens of guys in WWE who could be higher than they are and would do fine if they were higher than they are. But at the end of the day, you got to pick some of those guys and say, sorry, guy, you're not going to be a main eventer. You're going to be a guy we keep in the mid-card and, mid and have look kind of strong so that Randy Orton looks impressive when he beats you. Exactly. Sorry. I mean, guys have been slotted before and gotten over it, but they shouldn't have to. That's the point. That um, is the point. Talk about Adam Cole because we're we're far too angry for, to be only in the first ten minutes. Okay, but I want to talk about Seth Rollins for a second. Uh, Seth, Rollins, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins uh, wrestled great matches every time he was asked to, and that 
goes a long way. He's kind of he was kind of like sort of the MVP of WWE for the second half of the year. He really was. Like um, every week, Seth Rollins was in there doing stuff, being a focal point of the show. I was at times even more so than John Cena. I wasn't super into, not I'm not a super big fan of his promos, but I thought he did well. He's been working with John Cena, and it's been working great. They have a lot of faith in him, it looks like, and um, he's performed every time he's been asked to, and I, I can't deny, deny that. My problem with, with, with Ambrose is I haven't seen a great match from him since the Shield broke up, and that's why I couldn't put him in my top three, um, even though he's been great. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, but Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Adam Cole was the ROH World Champion for most of the year. Um, well, about half the year. Uh, worked great with with Elgin. He carries himself like a champion. Uh, ROH drew reasonably well. You know, it's ROH, so they're not gonna draw great, but they drew reasonably well with with Cole as champion. They did a, a really good number for their first live pay per view with Adam Cole on top. Uh, he wrestles great matches, even though they're hard style. And um, performed again at Final Battle with uh, Jay Briscoe. And uh, he's worked really hard this year and performed every time he's been asked to. He's a, he's actually a really good talker. And uh, I've just been impressed. So I couldn't help but put him as number three on my ballot for Wrestler of the Year. All right. So I, I have... I saw very little ROH this year, so I'm not going to agree or debate the Adam Cole point. I'm just, there's the Adam Cole point. Like, I saw Adam Cole once at the War of the World show. He had a fine match with Jushin Liger, and Jushin Liger is roughly a thousand years old. So I'm going to say credit to Adam Cole for having a a fine match with a thousand-year-old man. (laughs) That's good enough. Ah, the worst wrestler of the year. And uh, this was a fun one to think about. Um, I went with... Who did you go with on top? Rosa Mendez. Rosa Mendez. I don't like... Like, I will agree, Rosa Mendez is a worse wrestler in that she's worse at wrestling than any of the people I voted for. I look at the worst wrestler of the year... Basically as the inverse of the best wrestler, of the wrestler of the year. That is to say, this wrestler had the most negative impact on my enjoyment of wrestling in 2014. Okay. And while, while Rosa Mendez is terrible, Rosa Mendez was terrible in a half dozen six Diva tag matches and a couple of segments with Fandango. Okay. I don't think that level of terrible matches up to my pick for the worst wrestler of the year, Kane. <laughs> That's totally doable, yeah. I could see Kane. Uh... Kane, as the Monster Kane, the Demon Kane, as Corporate Kane, as Concessions Kane, as Guy with the weird lump on his back that kind of makes us feel bad for making fun of him, but God, he's so awful, Kane. Kane. The most, cons- the most consistent, mediocre match guy you'll ever find, Kane. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll never and see Kane work a bad match. You'll never see yes, Kane... Yes, you will. Oh, my God, yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think I hate Kane as much as some people hate Kane, but you will see Kane work some god-awful matches. 
Okay, which ones did he work that were really bad in 2014? Well, he had one with uh, Ryback at TLCNS. That oh yeah, that that was that was that, that was, was terrible. Awful. Okay, all right, yeah. That he was had a bad match with Daniel Bryan. I thought that How match was okay. How bad do you have to be to have a bad match with Daniel Bryan? You have to be Kane. Exactly. And, <laughs> and in addition to just to just his own lack of performance, there was also that Kane was in a main, well, not a main event feud, but a world title feud with the guy who just won at WrestleMania. Several and months he was in the world title feud. Several picture. months, and he was not only in a feud with, he was dominating said world champion and making said world champion run away like a scared little baby. That never happened. Anyway. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. You can say it all you want, but I, I know the truth. Are you forgetting the segment where Daniel Bryan grabbed his wife? It didn't and happen, Goog. It didn't happen. <sighs> In those two months that didn't happen, Kane got up enough points for me to give him my worst wrestler of the year vote. Okay, I could definitely see it now that you're bringing up the stupid Bryan feud. Absolutely, it's not like he had any good matches, really. Um, his best one was probably the Money in the Bank match where he did nothing. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, wait, was was Kane in the? He was in five the five Survivor Series match. Uh, yeah, he was. Okay, he was. probably that one. Then that was okay. his best match. He did nothing in it, but he was in that match. He got pinned. That's about it. That's about all he did. <laughs> but he was in that match, and that match was good. Yep, because he did nothing in it. <laughs> in part, yes. Uh, I gave a couple of, uh, I gave my third place to Randy Orton just because I have a personal grudge against Randy Orton. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna defend that. I just okay. gave the vote to Randy Orton. Even though you know it's junk, okay. It, it's junk. Randy Orton is not the third worst wrestler of 2014. He had a fine year, but he's Randy Orton and I hate Randy Orton. Okay. I will make a legitimate case for number two, which was Roman Reigns. Who was your number two? Eva Marie. <laughs> okay, so so you go with the absolute worst of the worst, and I just come at it from a different way of thinking. Yes, but so. my number three is Roman Reigns. Okay, but I don't. I I think that's kind of junk too, because I don't. I don't think he's the worst. I think he's very average or mediocre, but I don't think he's the worst. I can't but, think of anything. Roman but he does every time he wrestles a match, tag. but but much much like your pick of Kane, that's kind of what my mentality was behind the Roman Reigns pick, in that every time he wrestles a match, it takes away, you know, it's it's a negative on the show, mm-hmm. not a positive. So that's my, my takeaway a, on it. I, I want, I'm going to spend the rest of this podcast insulting Roman Reigns, so I want to take a couple of minutes here to build him up. Roman Reigns has a great look. Yes, tell, let, let, list all of the positives. Here's, here are all of the good things about Roman Reigns. He has a really good look. He has a fantastic finisher that he does magnificently. And he has a handful of other moves that are really good and impressive. There are two ways to book a guy with that skill set. The first is to put him in a tag team and have his other partner be the face in peril and have that partner tag this guy in so this guy clears house and wins and looks great. The Shield. The Shield. 
The second way to book that guy is Goldberg. Ryback. Roman Reigns is better than Ryback. But Goldberg, yeah. Basically, you know, Ryback, when he started out, got the Goldberg push, even though he didn't have a super awesome look and only had one move that looked good and it wasn't even his finisher. But Ryback, Goldberg, that sort of thing. Short, four-minute squash matches where he gets beat up. No, he doesn't even get beat up a little bit. He hits a move. He hits another move. He hits a third move, and he wins. His his big moves are really over. They were. They still are. They kind of are. To an extent. They're over to the point where 15 people will chant his name on SmackDown, and then that will get amplified to where it sounds like 15,000 people are cheering his name. It's like 93,000 in the Silverdome (laughs) here in this small arena. (laughs) Like, Roman Reigns is... But, I mean, when I look at wrestler... It's not entirely his fault because he's only been wrestling for, what, three years or something like that? Right, he's just inexperienced. You know, uh, so he has been victimized by horrible booking and match planning. And basically, WWE just looked at this guy and said, oh, you're a main eventer now. So you have to do all the things a WWE main eventer does. And that means you have to give cheesy, snarky, funny backstage interviews with Renee. You have to interrupt promos and call your opponent a pile of donkey dung. And you have to wrestle 14 minute matches on free TV, even though you can't talk. No, seriously, you can't talk, and you can't wrestle. The Rock the Rock and Stone Cold were the templates. Now everybody must follow them. The Rock so, and Stone Cold and John Cena. You, you, must, you must talk a lot, and you must wrestle. You must be able to go at least 15. And that's a main eventer. That's a, that's a main eventer in WWE's eyes. When Ryback was squashing guys a couple of years ago, he wasn't in the main event. He, nope. got, in the, he got in the main event... By doing that, by getting over doing that, but then once he was in the main event, he had to work long matches, and it sucked. Yeah. So... Ryback was so bad, he had a bad match with CM Punk. Now, well, granted, CM Punk was beat to shit at that time, but still. And there's a lot of factors that went into that. But, I mean... So, so it's like you could build a guy like Goldberg, but then eventually, WWE's going to want the guy to work. Like and, they made Goldberg work. And they made Ryback work. You know, we just saw this a couple of years ago. Ryback, yep. he got super over doing the squash gimmick, which I thought wasn't going to work, mm-hmm. but it did. It did. Um, proved me wrong. It worked. And then, and then, and then, and then what, and then, and then once you're in the main event mix, they expect you to work. Yep. And that's exactly what they've done with Roman Reigns. They thought, oh, he's doing really well in these tag matches because, and they didn't realize, no, he just gets the hot tag and he does the cool moves and then he wins. Well, duh, that's going to get over. Yep. Uh, but now, now he's working singles matches. He he has he struggles selling badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the crowd does not care one bit when he's selling. Mm-hmm. Um, they get into his comebacks because he does the cool moves. That's sometimes. And then it, it doesn't help that he got hurt and killed what could have been big singles momentum for him coming out of the show. I disagree. Breakup, I but... disagree. I I don't I think that it was a lateral move the injury because well. I, 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 you know, all I, all I can do is listen to the crowd, okay? They would have booked him like this sooner, is the thing. 
coming right. out of the shield breakup, he would have done this exact same stuff. It's just he would have been floundering and not getting over in September and October instead of here in December and January. Exactly, exactly. Because because uh, all I can do is listen to, is listen to the crowd. But he was super over coming out of the shield and going into that money in the bank. He was super over. And then and then in battleground into battleground, he was still super over. And then he failed twice, and has not been as over as since. Yeah. Yeah, booking booking him to fail in title matches was not a good. You're Lex Lugering him, and it's and so and and then and then ever since he's been getting less and less and less and less and less over. And then in the Raw match a couple of weeks ago, Roman sucks chance. It's getting to the point where I wonder if the plan is changing. For WrestleMania, what turn him heel? No, Maybe I think that not. might be. I think that might be his best chance. Turn him heel might work. Have him join the Authority or something. But honestly, you can you can hide his limitations better if he's a heel. If you're not gonna have him squash people, turn him heel. Because then at least at least you know if if he sucks, he's supposed to suck. He's a heel. He's getting heat. You know. So. I guess. I was more talking about not the plan with him specifically, but the plan with the Royal Rumble. But there's a million ways they could go with the Royal Rumble. Yes, but for a year now, the plan had – well, not for a year now, but for most close. of the year now. The Pretty plan close. has been Roman Reigns wins the Royal Rumble and beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Um, ever since Daniel Bryan pretty much became the world champion, that was the plan. Daniel Bryan was going to hold yep. that title till, till SummerSlam. Till SummerSlam, he was going to get squashed by Lesnar. Lesnar was going to feud with Cena, and then Reigns was going to win the Royal Rumble and beat Lesnar at, at WrestleMania. And be the, be the conquering hero who – who beat the guy who that beat Brian and Cena. And obviously that didn't work out. Brian got Brian, hurt. Well, couldn't Brian get, got hurt, so they had Lesnar squash Cena. And right. They, so Brian, Brian couldn't be beat. So then they had to, so the only person that Brock's going to have beat is Cena and, well, I guess Rollins now. But maybe. Maybe. Here's, See, here's where I get to I think the plan is changing. Okay, Goog, please tell me where you think WrestleMania is going. I think I think Seth Rollins is walking out of the Royal Rumble with the world title. Okay, with the briefcase still? No. I think Cena is going to win the triple threat match by beating Rollins, and then Lesnar is going to destroy Cena, and then Rollins is going to cash in on Cena. Okay, and then Cena, Cena gets his rematch at Fastlane? Cena gets his rematch at Fastlane, but gets screwed out of it. Okay. So then he's out of the title picture. He's out of the title picture as of WrestleMania. Okay. And I think Daniel Bryan's winning the Royal Rumble. And he's going to face Rollins? (sighs) Maybe. It's either going to be Rollins or Cena at WrestleMania. You don't think Brock is heading into WrestleMania as champion? No. And you don't think Roman is winning the Royal Rumble? At this point, mm, man, I mean, it's a, it's a big difference between what will WWE do and what would I do. Mm-hmm, that's a good point. Um, I at, don't at know. It's it's so hard year, to read right now. Daniel Bryan win the Royal Rumble, but my question won the Royal Rumble. My thinking is, do they realize how much momentum Roman is losing? And do they realize, it, and do they care? Right. 
And, and, and if they do realize it, do they realize, well, we can't have him win the Rumble then? You know, or are they still in their minds thinking, well, that's okay. Once he wins the Rumble, he'll be super over. I don't know. Um, and I don't know. He could be, get super over again. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. Um, but they just put Brian in there too. <laughs> it's like, if you want that's the Philadelphia crowd. <sighs> I don't think they would have brought Brian back to have him say he's going to be in the Royal Rumble unless he was going to win the Royal Rumble. To win the championship back he never lost. It's the best possible story they could tell. Then again, I wouldn't give away Brian's in-ring return for free, even if it is the first SmackDown on Thursday's whoop-de-fuck. Well, that matters less to me. Uh, It's whatever. Uh, I would keep out of the ring until the Royal Rumble. I know, but I, but seeing the way WWE does this stuff, I'm not surprised in the least. Because I would have kept Brian, Roman, and Randy off until, you know, make up surprises at the Royal Rumble. I would have done that. Well, but they're not doing seen that. Randy. Randy probably will be a surprise. You're right. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't think Randy's winning the Royal Rumble. I mean, it's possible, but I don't see it. <laughs> uh, I mean, don't put anything past WWE. But, exactly. But, uh, uh, at the same oh, time, I'm so I'm so glad in a way that the authority thing has been resolved, just because it takes away my doomsday scenario, right? Which was that somehow Cena turns heel and <laughs> and Orton wins the Royal Rumble, and the main event of WrestleMania <laughs> is Orton versus Cena, Randy Orton versus John Cena. Oh, please, yes. Uh, no, they uh, would do that. We've talked about the worst wrestler of the year for 20 minutes now. I know, but I really, I really want to make a point here, real quick. Yes. When, whenever, whenever they do something with Daniel Bryan or Dean Ambrose or somebody, I always try to look for a reference point. Okay, have they done this with, with? Have they done this with somebody they like? You know, because they really like Roman Reigns. We know that. It's obvious. But so I looked at that and I said, okay, Roman's return. He made his return right after, right at you know at TLC. And but his first match back was on on the live SmackDown, and so I was like, okay, well then they did this with Roman, so they're gonna do it with Brian. I get it, you know. So and it's a, and they were both special SmackDowns, so they're comparable. So I I don't I don't really see this as a downgrade for Brian. I see it as them wanting a hook for their first Thursday SmackDown. I guess. So it would, I mean, then, it would mean something if SmackDown meant something. Well, that's what they're gonna try to do. Uh, Are they? It works. Yes, they want SmackDown to mean something. Do they? Yeah. I'll whether, believe that when I see it. I mean, whether whether they actually make that happen or not is you know yet to be seen. But that's what they want. First, they got to make Ross seem important. I think. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the most outstanding wrestler of 2014. Uh, I voted once again Shinsuke Nakamura, number one. Fair enough. Because Shinsuke Nakamura is amazing. And then I voted for Dean Ambrose, number two. Okay, so this um, is the this is just the straight work rate category, right? Yes. Okay. I had Ambrose two. I could easily have been talked into going Seth Rollins here. And uh-huh. in retrospect, I think your point about Rollins is is fair and good and probably Rollins deserved him more than Ambrose. But I voted for Ambrose. And then I had Daniel Bryan at number three. That's fair. Uh, mine, uh, my, I had Seth Rollins at number one, and mm-hmm. uh, I already described that with most outstanding yeah. re- or, or wrestler, of the, wrestler wrestler of the year. Yeah, he yeah. was the workhorse in WWE this year more than anybody else. The two, I put Cesaro. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Cesaro not, is fantastic. Well, not the best promo, not the best. Uh, you know, not didn't draw or anything like that. Whatever. Uh, he 
is an excellent worker. Um, he worked great matches with Daniel Bryan. He worked great matches with Sheamus. He worked great matches with Cena. He, mm-hmm. uh, he overachieved, frankly. He was, you know, a way more over than his push in the early part of the year, and then they killed his push. Um, he was over commensurate with his push at WrestleMania in that exactly. I thought he was getting a push at WrestleMania. And then after, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, yeah. but that this, this kind of, this isn't the category for that. This is the category for who, who put, who did the best work. And I think that Cesaro did great work. And then, uh, my number three was Daniel Bryan. So. Fair enough. Uh, and I totally understand people are going to be upset about, especially in the work rate category, Daniel Bryan being there because he only worked half a year. But, you know, we'll talk about it again when we talk about match of the year. Daniel Bryan had an amazing half a year. Right. And he was argu- arguably the most visible wrestler for those first, for the first half of the year. He was. He was the most watched to the most, I mean, the most visible. Obviously, he's going to get a ton of votes. I mean, it's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, New Japan's great, but it's not, it's not popular in America. So it's, it's automatically, you know, going to work this way. So. The best tag team of 2014. I went with a unit that, like Daniel Bryan, only lasted half the year, but it was a damn good half year. My best tag team is The Shield. Oh, okay. Um, they didn't make my ballot. Um, I don't know. The Shield never, ever clicked with me. I don't know what it is. I always felt like I was missing something, but it just never clicked. I never watched a Shield match and went, yeah, I really like this a whole lot. I I thought, I watched some Shield matches and thought, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know what it is, but I just never, the Shield never clicked with me. But I think, I think part of that is I also. How did you watch wrestling in 2013 and 2014? Daniel Bryan. Oh, he was. (laughs) You know, like, like you know what? Something out. For most of 2012 and 2013, Daniel Bryan was having lots and lots of good matches with various partners against the Shield. I agree. I never said I didn't like the Shield. I just said that it never clicked with me as being like the greatest tag team, the best. You know, um, uh, but uh, I mean, not the, not that they weren't good. I, I I think they're good. It's just I just never it just never clicked with me as being so great. I guess. Okay. Um. This was also a bit of a protest vote for how dare WWE break them up. And all, <laughs> you know, I voted Nakamura for a couple of categories, but I didn't watch that much New Japan, so I couldn't think of any great tag teams. And you know what? I was thinking about this uh, last week when watching Raw. I was like, you know what? This show could have used Daniel Bryan. But then I was thinking, you know what? It could. But at the same time, like, remember, th- you know, Three Hour Raw, it's been... Th- it's been three hours for two years now, almost three. And, yeah. and you know what? You used to be able to tolerate it because you know you were guaranteed at least a punk segment, maybe a punk match. You were guaranteed a Shield segment, a Shield match. You were guaranteed a Daniel Bryan segment, maybe a Daniel Bryan match. And it's like that made it infinitely easier to watch because you knew you were going to get at least three good segments on the show. And maybe sometimes those three would be combined, but... You know, it was a lot easier to watch, mm. easier to digest when you had those three people in possibly their own programs working good matches and, you know, having good segments. Now you don't have that. Well, Brian's coming back, but the rest, who knows? So Yeah. Who was your tag team of the year? The Young Bucks, and I didn't think it was close. Okay. The Young Bucks were my number three. They're really super good. 
I had the Miz and Damian Mizdow at number two, and I do not apologize. That's fair. I completely get why you would put that there. But they, I, were, I, they are super entertaining, and I love them very that's much. That's fair. That's totally fair. I put the Usos at number two. I thought that mm-hmm. they worked great matches in the undercard for a lot of the year. They made uh, they made Battleground like a good show. Well, not no no. Excuse me, Battleground at least like not a horrific horrible show. Uh, and I think that they uh, they did really well as as tag team champions. I know they get a lot of heat because they uh, they're a little sloppy at times and they they tend to win a ton when people like other tag teams. But I think the Usos were great all year long. So. Okay, and your number three. I have no idea why I put this here, but I put Los Matadores, and I'm not exactly sure why. So um, You wanted to give them credit for their participation in WLC. There you go. Plus they... Excuse me. And you didn't choose 3MB, even though 3MB was much more entertaining. Ah, uh, okay, that's fair, but I, but I, I also put, I think, Los Matadores there because they, they had a lot of, they, they have a lot of fun matches on WWE C shows that nobody sees. So, I think that's fair also enough. part of it, so. WWE shows that, uh, you might have once referenced in a former title of this podcast that we can't legally mention? Sure. Yes. Uh, did I mention that I almost changed my, the name of the Punch Sport podcast to the Raw Smackdown Definitely WWE Look at Me and Get Publicity podcast? <laughs> that would have been funny. Thought about doing it. Haven't Los, done it yet. But 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 Los Matadores, the star of that is is El Torito, and there's no doubt about that. So, ninety nine percent of that vote was for El Torito. All right, let's move on to, I guess, the worst tag team of 2014 after talking about the best. I voted for The Ascension because I didn't watch NXT on a week-to-week basis, but Uh I watched all of the NXT specials, and I watched a handful of NXT shows, and there was one constant in all of those. Every time I watched NXT, I saw an Ascension match, and it sucked. Every single time. Agree. Uh, they were my worst tag team as well. So I have no disagreement there. Every match I've seen them do has been mediocre to bad. Oh, I also watched their debut on Raw. It sucked. Oh, absolutely. They were supposed to be these powerhouses who came in and squished Damian Mizdow, and they sucked at it. The Ascension are bad and are going to stay bad. And are going to be bad. And they're Triple H's guys. That's unfortunate, because they're bad. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I hope Triple H stops liking them. Well, because maybe they're he, bad. He probably won't, but maybe he will. Other other guys I'll make long cases about, and I'll talk at, at length about why I don't like them. I don't like the Ascension, because the Ascension are bad. That's Do fair. You know? I, if you watch them and you think they're good, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's your number two? I had a big show in Mark Henry at number two. I was kind of struggling to come up with <laughs> worst tag teams because of all the tag teams that were in WWE, I basically at least like or don't mind all of them. So uh, most of them are okay. Um, so 
But uh, I, Big Show and Mark Henry, not super great wrestlers, and they weren't super great as a tag team. I don't think you need to explain this one too much. Yeah, no. I will say Big Show has gotten a lot of support for worst wrestler from the board in general. Which really? Which kind of surprises me. That surprises me a lot. I don't remember him doing that much for like Ex- half the year. Exactly. But you know what? Uh, when it comes to these awards, it's it's all about recency. And Big Show has been working bad matches with Roman Reigns. And, well. Fair point. Who else did you have on your worst tag team battle? My number two was Big Cass and Enzo Amore. Uh, the act is sometimes funny. I got over it a couple of months ago. I find them annoying. Their matches are not good. There you go. Yeah, Enzo Amore is very popular, and I don't get it. I don't okay. get it either. Again, I'm not giving away people who are winning or who are not winning or exactly what the validating is, but I'll say right now, a lot of people don't like the Usos. I I expected as much, but they didn't make my worst tag team ballot. So. And I guess you know the Usos can't talk, and. But they're also not allowed to. They yeah, and also I think a lot of people listen to the Wrestle Hut Pisscast, and I know Man Flurry hates him some Usos. Right. Um, my third is <laughs> Miz and Damian Mizdow. <laughs> you monster! How could you possibly vote for the team that, based on its gimmick, is forced to have the lesser wrestler wrestle the entire matches while his buddy on the apron makes a mockery of the competition, thereby devaluing the sport, the championships, and wrestling itself? How you, could you possibly not like that? You figured out exactly why I voted for them. Yeah. Honestly. I have to watch Miz wrestle most of the match. Yeah. And then. If and you then, don't and then, like the Miz, I feel very sorry for you. I do and like then, the and Miz. And then, and then Miz, and then Miz goes over and he doesn't tag Miz Dow, and then he makes his own babyface comeback, hitting up all of his moves on the, on the supposed babyfaces, and <laughs> he fights off, he fights off two people valiantly. Mm-hmm. The Miz does! The Miz! I hate the Miz! <laughs> okay. There and, you go. Worst tag yeah. team. Miss Davy Miss now. Hate it. Sometimes entertaining. Hate it. Yeah. I think it was more entertaining when Miz was a singles wrestler than when Miz Dow became his tag team partner. Yeah. But But I also think the psychology of it kind of messes with it too. Yeah. Like I mean like when with some I mean I mean let's let's I mean let's face it. Wrestling's fake. Everybody knows that. But like But Mistow jumps on, Mistow does his own bumps. It's like, that's supposed to hurt. Right? Yeah. That's it. Wrestling is fake in the way that TV shows are fake, but I don't see, I'm trying to come up with a modern TV reference and the one I'm going to is House. That shows how behind the times I am. I don't see Dr. Gregory House stopping every 15 seconds to say, this is a TV show. I'm not a real actor. My name's Hugh Laurie. This is fake. This is fake. You don't see people doing right. that. Right. Well, it would it would be like um, somebody somebody like uh, on, let's say like watching ER, and I'm dating myself here. Um, and then you know, and a patient comes in and they have a heart attack or whatever. And then the next thing you see is somebody else faking to have a heart attack on the same show, and they're like, "No, ha! I was just kidding. It's a heart attack, but I'm a real, you know, I'm an actor." 
and you you yeah. bought it, and it's like, oh, jeez. So that's that's why. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Feud of the year. Moving on. Feud of the year. Uh, everything except the ending about Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins was incredible. With actually two exceptions. <laughs> I have two exceptions. Everything except the ending and that one weird promo with the mannequin. Oh, don't remind me of that. Yeah, that one weird promo with the mannequin came after I knew he was doomed, I think. But uh, it certainly helped me realize, oh yeah, Dean Ambrose is doomed. Uh, the problem with the, the mannequin came before the Hell in a Cell, though. Uh, but, okay. Maybe but it was another thing that said, uh-oh, Dean Ambrose might be in trouble. Yeah, because the crowd was not reacting to it at all. They didn't care. That it was, was god-awful. Yeah, it was bad. Um, my feat of the year was... Daniel Bryan versus the Authority. Um, it worked. It should Let have ended the Authority. Back, Jack. Let me take you back. This is funny. This is funny to me. Let me take you back to January of last year, January 2014. If I had sat you down and said, hey, Jack, at the end of this year, Daniel Bryan versus the Authority is going to win Best Feud, what would you have said? I said, well, great. He's going to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and it's I also just... would have said, and I also would have said, no way. You know? <laughs> yeah. This time last year, Daniel Bryan versus the Authority had been awful for the entire second half of 2013 and had then ended. And Daniel Bryan was in a feud with Bray Wyatt that, depending on exactly what week it is, looked like it might drag out all the way to WrestleMania itself. Yep. And instead, thanks to several freak occurrences, not all of which were good, we got an amazing build-up to an amazing WrestleMania, and then Daniel Bryan retired from wrestling and went off to go be a farm. Yes, but now the new and improved Daniel Bryan suddenly showed up. Yes. So. And but, he certainly didn't wrestle Kane for two months, and he certainly was terrified of Kane. God, I think, you know, you know, you, you say Roman Reigns might have been worse off with the injury. Bryan was better off with the injury. Mm. Wrestling Kane? Come on. Well, and, uh, he for would another have beaten month, Kane. He would have beaten Kane in a and match then he would have or whatever. Killed by Brock Lesnar. He would have beaten Kane, and then he would have faced somebody else. Yeah. And then he probably would have. He would have gotten and then, killed and, by Brock Lesnar. And, and then he would have lost to Brock Lesnar. But there's, I mean, there's no shame in losing to Brock Lesnar either. I mean, let's be fair. Yeah, but um, well, he would have gotten beaten by Brock Lesnar the way Cena got beaten by Lesnar at SummerSlam and not had any chance to rebuild himself. I think he would have had the rematch. No, I think he would have. He wouldn't have won the rematch. Fair enough, but I think he would have had the rematch, a more I, competitive rematch. I think just Cena's, like Cena did. Yeah. I think it's fair to assume that. Um, they he have, wouldn't they, have had Lesnar beat at any point. Possible. They, but I mean, I think, in a kind of cruel irony that we live in a world where Daniel Bryan would have lost to Brock twice at SummerSlam and Night of Champions. Okay, well, at least once. Um, and now we live in a world where it's possible he wins the Royal Rumble and beats him at WrestleMania. It's possible. Yes. <laughs> it's conceivable. It would be um, cool. It would be awesome. I'd like that. I want to see. I want to see Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. That would be a good match. I want to see Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins. I want to see Daniel Bryan wrestle. God, it's been forever. 
It's been too long. I, and that's why. Here's the thing. I hope he's okay. I don't know exactly how he's coming back. I don't know exactly why he's coming back. I thought he was still out for another six months. So. That was if he was having another surgery. He didn't have another surgery. But why um, isn't he having another surgery? Doesn't he need it? Um, from what I understand, and I'm not going to dive too much into this, uh, the second surgery was a Hail Mary. Either it worked or he was retired. And so now he's just wrestling until he breaks. No. He went to a uh, sports fitness specialist in Denver who owns this, this company called Muscle uh, Advanced Muscle Techniques or something like that. And he was able to – he has a technique where he was able to reactivate the nerves that were causing Brian to, you know, not to have strength in his arm. And so he got it – he got it fixed without surgery. So he's okay? As far as we know, he says he's better than ever. He's been back in the ring already training, and he mm. says he's he's fine. I don't know. Well, I hope it's true. I hope I hope he has, you know, at least another 10 years ahead of him. I don't know. But I I hope he's okay and I hope he's doing the right thing by himself. I hope also, so too. Selfishly, I hope he never leaves again. But I also but I I think he was really smart because he knew that this surgery was, you know, do or die. And, you know, he knew he'd be out longer if he had to have the surgery. And he uh he obviously went to several different people to try to get some sort of second opinion. I I just basically hope he isn't coming back because WWE said, "Dude, get back or you're fired." I don't think they do that, but well, obviously they. I mean, obviously they a gentleman wanted him. named Phil who would say otherwise. They, they never threatened Punk with firing. Yeah, but my just point just was, just hey, you lose your spot. You know, you lose your spot. My, he yeah. lost his spot. Yeah, that's Reigns' spot right now. It's Reigns' <laughs> spot to lose, though. He Reigns is losing it. How about that? True. Anyway, so uh, down ballot candidates for worst feud of the year. I had John Cena versus Bray Wyatt because wait, 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 wait. We never, we never finished the the rest of the best feuds of the oh, year. Oh, feud of the year. Yes, down ballot candidates for feud of the year. I had uh, Daniel Bryan versus The Authority was my yeah. number three. Because from January 1, 2014 on, everything with Daniel Bryan versus The Authority was great. Because it ended at WrestleMania and nothing happened after that. No, that was a feud with Kane. It was a separate feud. Sure. He beat The Authority. He did. And then The Authority sicked Kane on him. No, they didn't. That was Kane doing his own thing, remember? Steph couldn't control him anymore. Eh, sure. (laughs) Okay. Uh, my second feud of the year was the Shield versus Evolution. Fair enough. Came very close between the Shield versus the Wyatt family, the Shield versus Evolution. The Shield were great, and the Shield versus Evolution feud was great, and the Shield versus Evolution matches were really, really good. Well, can you guess if that one made my ballot? It didn't. Um, Evolution had go away, go away hit, heat with me at that point, and you and, didn't really like the Shield. And the, then the Shield and the Shield are good, but not great to me. So. Okay. So what else um, were on your feud of the year? I don't know why I put this here, but Dolph Ziggler versus his stupid character. Uh, okay. Like, he's funny to watch because he continuously screws himself up. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> and then Charlotte versus Natalia, because I thought that their feud was great and they had good matches. So. Mm-hmm. Worst feud of the year. Uh, I don't know mm. what I'm talking about here with my number one feud, because it certainly didn't happen or anything, but... 
I had Daniel Bryan versus Kane. Didn't happen. It anyway, didn't moving happen. on. Didn't happen. <laughs> uh, number two, John Cena versus Bray Wyatt because oh! it was god awful. Oh, that was my number two as well. It was so awful. Oh, it was good. Up, it was good for a few weeks, and then Bray Wyatt lost at WrestleMania. He's got the whole world. That was fine, and then there was the kid. If I like seriously, Bray had go away heat. By the time I was, you know, that feud was over. And now Bray stop doesn't singing, have heat. Stop singing. Go away. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Uh-huh. And my so. number three worst feud was Rusev versus Big Show. Oh, yeah, that was not. Well, I thought I thought the Rusev-Henry feud was worse. Hmm? But that's just me. I thought the Rusev-Henry feud was worse. <sighs> The Rusev-Henry feud was better to me because they were playing yeah. off of Henry's Olympian credit. Yeah. And with Big Show, it was just, oh, you beat my friend and you insult my country <laughs> and I'm going to have this soldier guy jump the railing and you're going to look like an asshole for knocking out the trained killer who is charging you when he shouldn't be. I get what you mean. So I thought Rusev versus Big Show was the worst Rusev feud of the year. Okay. Um, I want to give props to the Rusev versus Jack Swagger feud. That was a good feud. That was definitely good. You could, um, I'd probably put that on my ballot if I had a second look. Yeah. Uh, my worst feud of the year was Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose. That's a strong contender as well. Like, take two guys who used to be over, put them in a feud, and nobody's over! They're less over now! Cool! Either one of them could have gotten over, but... And it started with a stupid ghost interviewing in a, in a, in a pretty good match. Uh-huh. And, 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 and it's been no good ever since. Mm. I want to say right now the worst feud category in the awards is the closest category. There are, okay. th- there are three feuds within one point of each other. Not even just one vote, one point. Okay. Wow, that's pretty, pretty yeah. close. Continue. What else is on your ballot? Uh, number two, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. Uh huh. And um, number three, <laughs> Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Really? Yeah. Is it just because of the finish to Hell in a Cell? I I thought it never really got going. I always thought, okay, it's gonna get going. It's gonna get going. This is where the feud really starts going, and the match, you know, this match is gonna be great, and it just never got there. Mm hmm. So maybe maybe I was thinking, you know, I was, I was putting it in my head it was going to be much better than it was, but it, never, it just never got there. And then there was the wacky skits with with Ambrose and whatever. I don't know. And then it got sidetracked halfway through because they decided that they needed to put Reigns with Rollins. And then Reigns got injured, so then they put Ambrose back in it. It was just kind of a mess to me. And then, and then of course, the unsatisfying payoff did not help. Okay. Uh, a feud that hasn't been mentioned yet, but is in that three-way within a point of the lead uh-huh. is Bella Mania. Nikki oh, of course. Versus Brie Bella. Yeah, of course. Was god awful. Yeah, and you know what? It almost, uh, in a way, in a way, they kind of drug Daniel Bryan into that feud too, because remember the whole like Bryan is sleeping with his like therapist. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember Ugh. that. That was awful. What an awful story. Just the whole thing was awful, and now they're both 
they're both heels, which is how they both work best, but okay. yeah. the, how they got there is really dumb. Pre-mode. The Okay, most improved. Most improved. I could not stop my friend Big Daddy Yum Yum. I had to agree with him. Big Daddy Yum Yum, he's number one. He didn't make my ballot. But I completely get it. He took a lot of chops and sold them really well. He he improved so much after just one match in just Japan. Just one match. Just one. Just one. Uh, was he no, your number one as well? Big Daddy Yum Yum? Big Daddy Yum Yum. He, no. No! Uh, no. Oh. Rusev. Rusev improved. Rusev is one of the highlights of Raw. Not as much as Big Daddy Yum Yum, but okay. Rusev, I thought, was a boring nobody in NXT. Mm-hmm. And then he came on Raw, and I still thought he was a boring nobody, but he was wrestling against Sin Cara and Jobbers. And then he started having matches with Big E and Jack Swagger, and I was like, wow, this guy's really good. He can work. So, Rusev, easily my most improved. So, and, and you know what? You know what? With his character the way it is, he's not a, he's not a bad promo either. So. Mm. Okay. I Especially, had... there was a promo on Main Event a few months ago. It was actually during the Big Show Rusev feud. He he said something about how Big Show is a big stinking anus, and that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I had Dean Ambrose at number two for most improved. Okay, please explain this to me. For me. Ambrose went to from the afterthought of a three-man tag team. Like, I thought coming out of the Shield breakup, Roman Reigns was going to be a big main event star, and Seth Rollins was basically going to be Jeff Hardy. And Dean Ambrose... Still might happen. Dean, I had no idea what to expect from Dean Ambrose. I thought he was good, and I thought he was kind of going to get the shaft, but I didn't think he had in him the talent and the potential that I saw when he was given the microphone and given the ball just a little bit in the Seth Rollins feud. Because again, I saw Dean, when I looked at Dean Ambrose for a couple of months, I saw a guy who could be a main event, top of the company guy. And I had never seen that in him before. So I gave him credit for that with my most improved vote. That's a very good explanation. I, I can't disagree. Um, though I did think Rollins would, I thought, always thought, I always kind of knew Ambrose was a good promo, so I thought that would be able to, to you know, help him. But uh, so I thought Rollins would be the one lost in the shuffle, and he's the one most consistently pushed and the most getting over right now. So, yep, fooey on me. My and... number two, my number two was Charlotte. Okay, she went from, uh, to me, went from uh, basically. Uh, you know, just another diva to being a really good worker. Okay. So, uh, I'll take that. I mean, she she could already kind of talk at the start of the year, so that's not a big deal. And uh, but oh, she evolved and just you know pretty incredibly in the first half of the year. Uh, maybe plateaued a little bit, but she improved a lot over that first half of the year and started putting on some really good matches, even some great ones. So. Mm-hmm. So how annoying is it going to be? When in 2015 she's wrestling four-minute matches against Rosa Mendez. Um, I hope that that doesn't happen, but it will. Yeah, it's going to. Whatever. Maybe maybe she'll get a program with AJ and it'll be good. 
Well, if she has chemistry with AJ, good for her. Because the last NXT champion to come out and have a program with N- with AJ didn't have chemistry with AJ, and it sucked. Oh, Paige. Yeah, Paige. Yeah. Oh, well. What a flop. I, I hate it when good wrestlers don't have chemistry with each other. Yeah, it, like like when Jericho and Punk uh, yeah. had that had that program together, and it just didn't click. Yeah, Jericho and Punk eventually had a great match. And With the, and, the pay the payback match. Yeah, the the random one at payback. That was that was really good. It was Punk's return. It was a pretty big deal. And Punk and the Undertaker is another example of guys who didn't have good chemistry, but then they eventually had a great match together. Oh uh, well, you're talking about like 2009 Punk, and that's yeah. a totally different guy. My point is, hopefully, in a while, maybe Paige and AJ will have a great match together. But right now, they are two good wrestlers who don't have good chemistry. My, yep. num- my number three most improved was The Miz, and I don't think I'm going to get any agreement, so maybe we should just move on. But I'll say that most No, of, no, mo- I, most... I, I can see it. Okay. I think a lot of Miz's improvement this year relative to 2013 is that WWE let him go back to what he's good at. Exactly. I he he went back to being what he should be. Stop trying to play babyface because you're a horrible babyface, and stop trying to be like this wrestler guy who is going to wrestle matches and become a you know a, a big star or whatever. It's not going to happen. Nope. So just just so just be the Hollywood shit heel who thinks he's better than he is. Exactly. And be that guy on the Intercontinental or Tag Team Championship level, and don't try to re- main event WrestleManias with it. We'll be exactly. fine. Uh-huh. You and me, Miz, uh-huh. we're going to get along just great. Yep. No, so I completely see it there. Um, most improved, Adam Cole, I put on mine. Um, mm-hmm. I thought once he got the title, he really became this more of a star. He really started presenting himself as a star um, and really... Uh, took it to another level on the mic. So, there you go. Uh, for me, best on interviews, I had Dean Ambrose because, you know, again, for me, Ambrose, with his interviews more than anything else, went from a guy who's going to be maybe an afterthought of the Shield breakup to, oh, hey, this guy should be the face of your company. That and, Was he your number one? Yeah, he was my number one. Best on mine, interviews. Mine, too. So... Um, my number two is another personal favorite, a guy I love who I don't expect to get a lot of votes. Bad News Barrett. Uh, fair enough. I don't think he ever got quite the recognition, but, uh, he did, he did a lot of mic work. Every time Bad News Barrett talks, I'm entertained. So. Well, he's back now. He is. And, uh, number three, I had The Miz, because once again, The Miz, when he's working The Miz's gimmick, he's really good at The Miz's gimmick. Yep. Uh, my number two is John Cena. But I don't think I need to explain that pretty well. When John Cena can bring it, he really brings it. Uh, when when John Cena cuts good promos, John Cena cuts probably the best promos in the company. Exactly. When He knows how to do it. He knows how to cut by fiery babyface, but he just doesn't do it as often. But when he does, I love it, and I really get into the John Cena character when I don't normally, you know? I really want to hate John Cena. And then he cuts this great promo, and I'm like, John Cena, you're the best. You know, <laughs> so I can't, I can't love, I can't, I love to hate John Cena, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but I do respect him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who was your number three? Paul Heyman. 
Do okay. I need to explain that? Do I need to explain that one? No, I'll just say I, I will agree. Paul Heyman is a better promo, certainly than The Miz, certainly than Bad News Barrett, probably the, even than Dean Ambrose. He might be the best promo in the company. I just think there's a best non-wrestler category, which is why I didn't vote or even consider Paul Heyman for this. You could but, almost vote Barrett into that. You could. You absolutely could have. I'll say because what, what what was his wrestling time? The night after WrestleMania, up until he got injured, that's two months. Yeah, quiet you. But you know, a lot of people, a lot of people have voted for Paul Heyman in one way or another for best on interviews, and that's fine. You know, Stephanie McMahon is getting love for best on interviews, which is great. I loved Stephanie McMahon this year. No. We'll, no, gonna, I cannot. I can't. We're going to see... have this argument again, so let's not have it now. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> um, let's just move on then to the worst on interviews and promos. Oh, let me guess your number one. Let me guess your number one. Guess my number one. Roman Reigns. You were right. Do you want to guess my number two? Ooh. Wait, can, I, can I guess your number one? What? Roman Reigns. Yes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Because when he's asked to deliver, he doesn't deliver. And he's asked to deliver a lot. Yeah, and it never it never delivers. So I suppose it's not it's not Roman's fault that he's terrible at what WWE wants him to do. It's it's not his it's kind of his fault that he's terrible at that. It's not his fault they keep asking him to do it. It's a combination. It, yeah. it, he's not he he's not capable of it, but they expect him of it to do it. When Roman was in the Shield and all he had to do was look menacing and maybe say believe that. Believe in the shield. Yeah. Believe in the shield. Ooh, ah, I'm gonna power bomb this guy. He was fine yeah. at that. He's that's his strength. He's, saying nothing, basically. He's not fine at being. Again, we got to do it again. It's Goldberg. Like if you book him like Goldberg, he would have been fine. But if I you probably book... wouldn't have done it. But that that TLC promo. Ugh. Oh. But you know. It, it's especially bad to me, and this might sound unfair, but it's kind of unf- like I see it as, as as a thing. He's given so many chances, mm-hmm. and it doesn't ever work. No, but he's a big main event star now, so he has to do all the things the big main event stars have to do because there's know, but, only one way to be a big main event star. But to me, there's a lot of people who don't get the chances he does. Well, and they're not so, big main event stars. Roman Reigns is a big main event star. No, he's not. Not but, yet. Roman but, Reigns is a big main event star. Uh, MRT is not here. Please do not create him. I am uh, just t- telling you what WWE would tell you. I know exactly what WWE would say. But, I mean, it, it's just... He's given so many chances and it's never gotten better. It's gotten worse! <sighs> yeah. So, I just... I, I'm i done. I'm done. I'm over it. You know? It's like, so I, I was like... He is the worst. He's given so many chances to get better. He's given so many chances for, you know, to improve his delivery. Because no matter what we say, they shouldn't script him. They should do this, whatever, whatever. They're not going to stop. So he's got to get better. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Well, hopefully he does. And that's why I think he should turn heel. Because then he can be more aggressive. He can shout and scream and do whatever in his promos and, and, and be a badass again. That's what he needs. Eh. Maybe. The best brawler for me. Wait, 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 wait. What, 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 what? Worst on interviews. Worst on interviews. 
Roman my number Reigns. two was my number two was Bray Wyatt. I reached a saturation point with Bray Wyatt this year. I don't think he's bad, but I don't need to listen to him anymore. I, it's it's not even that the, that he cuts the same promo over and over again because I'm pretty sure he doesn't. But you know what? I don't listen to them because it's all a bunch of garbage. It's a bunch of gibberish, it. and it and it never makes me want to see a match. The man talks a lot. He very rarely says anything. He, he makes – like the point of a promo, the point of an interview is to make me want to pay or whatever or watch, you know, want to see your match. And it never happens with Bray Wyatt. It happens with John Cena. It happens with all these guys. It doesn't happen with Bray Wyatt. He says a whole bunch of stuff, and then by the end of it, I'm going, I don't even know what you said. So, worst. Number two, Bray Wyatt. Number three, Dolph Ziggler, and I don't think I need to explain that one. Dolph Ziggler. <sighs> yeah. Dolph has his, he has his moments, but for the most part, it's, it's I want to entertain you. I want to do heaven. Yeah. Yeah, well, shut up. Dolph Ziggler is one of those guys who comes out and says he's the best in this ring. Every, every night he comes out and has the best match. And it's like it's another one of those moments where I don't need to be reminded that wrestling is fake. Exactly. Dolph Ziggler is not the best wrestler because Dolph Ziggler loses a lot of matches. Exactly, and that's that's why I had a problem with what Cesaro, Cesaro. said a few weeks ago. Yeah, oh my god! I deliver. I'm the best. Blah 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 blah. Well, what no, do you lose not. all the time you then? Suck. Yeah, why do you, you lose, lose all the time a then? Lot. Yeah, you lose literally every match you're in. And so, yes, Dolph Ziggler is a good wrestler, and Cesaro is a great wrestler. Yes, but, but you don't see. Getting back to my bad dated TV analogy, you don't see Doctor House saying, "I'm a great actor." Right. You well, you remember a few weeks ago when Daniel Bryan came out? Can he cut? Well, I don't know if you saw it, but he cut he cut that promo, and it was great. Mm-hmm. That, his return promo was great. And did, did he say, "I'm coming back to entertain you"? Nope. He he said, "I'm coming back to fight. Yep. I'm coming back to compete, yep. and I'm going to win the Royal Rumble." Yep. It's like that's great. That's what it, that's what I want to hear. This is a fucking competition. Right. It's a show, but it's also a competition. You right. want to have an entertaining competition. But it's also a fucking competition. Within the world, within the show of WWE, everything should be real. Yes. Within the world of it. Within the story. And the primary motivation for everyone should be to win. Being entertaining is a nice secondary objective. It's good to be entertaining, but it's better to win. Being entertaining should just come with it. You know, it shouldn't be said. Yeah. It, you know, you, like you said, you don't have House coming out there and being like, "Yeah, I'm good at entertaining. I'm good at being this doctor." Huh? Or even like, "I, yeah, I killed this patient, but I was really entertaining. We had a lot of fun drilling into that guy's brain, even though he died and exactly. I didn't cure his disease. Exactly. I'm the best doctor in this place. Exactly. Look at all these you don't, corpses I just. And it's not like they're going to go out there and they're going to inter- interview a, a football player and he's going to be like, "No, but did you see the show I put on? We lost." You know what? But you know what? <laughs> That guy is Tim Tebow. Well, that guy's an idiot. Tim, no, but, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. Tim Tebow is an entertaining as fuck guy because either you love him or you hate him, and he's always fun to watch, and people always talk about him, and people are always looking at him, and people were up and down raving about Tim Tebow. But you know what? Tim Tebow sucks at football, so Tim Tebow doesn't play football. He is at Disney parades. Yeah. Tim Tebow does a thing where your objective is to be entertaining. Tim Tebow isn't part of a competition. 
And you know what? Ziggler, Ziggler this weekend did a comedy show. Great! Go be entertaining! But if you're in a wrestling show, you're trying to be the best wrestler, which means you're trying to be the champion of wrestling! The best wrestler wins. Yes! Uh. You want to win all of the wrestling matches by out-wrestling your opponents and being better than them at wrestling, not by being entertaining. Anyway, we, 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 we're belaboring the point at this point. Yes. Best brawler! I voted Shinsuke Nakamura because Shinsuke Nakamura is the best at wrestling. I voted Tomohiro Ishii. Okay. He I beats have... the crap out of people. Beats... It's awesome. He beats the crap out of people. It's awesome. You know who else does that? Rusev does that. And Minoru Suzuki. Rusev was my number two. Number two was uh, Kevin uh, Owens. Steen. Mm-hmm. Um, he also does that. There's a really great theme with Kevin Owens that I want to talk about, but I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to say anything about Kevin Owens until the ballots are closed. Okay. But there's something really fun going on with that. Like, uh, the first thing I watched on New Japan World, I went back and I watched the first day of G1. The first match on G1 I watched was Tomohiro Ishii versus Bad Luck Fale. And they got, he got a great match out of Fale! He just beat the crap out of him! It was That's great! Insane. It was awesome. And my number he's, three he's, was he's, just, he's not he's not the biggest man, but he's like a little he's like a a, a small boulder. And <laughs> it, it was Ishii then who I saw the quote about fighting Ishii is like fighting a refrigerator, and the refrigerator is mad at you. Exactly, it's fantastic. He he had you know what his nickname his official nickname is the Stone Pitbull, and it's perfect. Awesome. He's a he's a big piece of stone and he hates you so <laughs> and my number three was dean ambrose my number three was seamus okay seamus gets a lot Sheamus. of uh hate but uh he's good and i think he's a good brawler uh he he just a lot of his matches tend to be just beating the crap out of his opponent and it's great so i got no problem with seamus hello Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. I had myself muted. Okay. Let's talk about the best technical wrestler. I had trouble with this just because I almost exclusively watch WWE and nobody in WWE actually wrestles a technical style anymore. What are you talking about? Daniel Bryan? (laughs) (laughs) I voted Cesaro number one just for the hell Uh, of it, really. Okay. Okay. Uh, My number two was AJ Lee. Because when I think of technical wrestling, I think you're going to work a body part and you're going to try to get a submission. And ideally, you have at least one submission finisher. And I thought of wrestlers who do that. And I was like, AJ does that. Yeah, she's pretty good at it. Charlotte does that. Yeah. Charlotte was my number three. I abstained. Uh, Fair enough. I, I voted my number one was technical wrestling is dead. Uh, uh, not that it yeah. is, but it kind of is in WWE, and that's what I mainly watch. And yeah. I didn't really notice anybody in any other promotion standing out. Like people say Kyle O'Reilly, but I watched ROH, and I didn't really see much technical wrestling out of him in the matches I saw. So maybe I just wasn't watching watching the right matches. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, for for many 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 years now, especially in PSP, the the best technical wrestler award has been. The Daniel Bryan Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Being Daniel Bryan. And, uh, well, yeah. Best High Flyer. 
This is basically, it's basically the, the Brian Danielson Memorial Award at this point. <laughs> so. This is, this is one that if I had put thought into it, I probably wouldn't have voted this way, but. Same. I went with Nick Jackson number one and okay. Matt Jackson number two. <laughs> That's fair. No, I completely get that. They do a lot of high flying. And for number three, I picked Stardust. Also fair. Uh, Seth Rollins eh. could have gotten votes from me in this. Seth Rollins is number one for me. Um, number two, I put Kalisto. I thought he's been mm-hmm. very good in NXT. And then I put ACH, number okay. three. AC, ACH is one, when I started seeing him on ballots, I was like, oh, right. ACH did that incredible flip at the War of the World show that I loved to pieces. I really should have voted for him. Yeah, every time I picture I best best flying wrestler, I picture that that beautiful swan dive he does, and I'm just like, I have to vote for him. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, uh, most under pushed for me, I had number one is Cesaro. Okay. Because there are, I we mentioned it earlier, there are dozens of guys in WWE who could be higher up the card than they are and would be just fine. I think Cesaro is the face of that. He's a guy who should be in or near the main event picture and is instead a jobber. Enhancement talent. Uh, he got my number three vote, so yeah, for sure. Agree. Yep. Who was your number one? Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd is also underpushed. He's. I feel like Tyson Kidd is a great wrestler. He, he really developed a personality this year. Actually, he should have gone on my most improved, probably. Um, he really developed a great personality this year and uh, was still in NXT. You know, it's just kind of – I still don't think they see anything in him, which is kind of sad. But uh, so, yeah, he's, he's my uh, number one. Number two, I put I put, I put Ishii. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. even know why. So <laughs> I had Jack Swagger as my number two. and That's totally fair. Yeah. I mean, Swagger I thought was really, really good in the Rusev feud. And then after that feud, they didn't do anything with him. And I can understand why Swagger isn't a main event talent, because he can't really talk. Even even without the problem with his lisp, he can't really talk. And he did drop the ball spectacularly when they were going to give him the world. He's been given a lot of chances, yeah. so it's hard to feel sorry for him. It is. But, but still... I had Swagger at number two. But he he over he definitely overachieved this year. He was more over than his push, for sure. Uh, who oh. did you have for number two? I, I, I already told you. Ishii. Ishii, yeah. I'm not even sure why. <laughs> Tell me about your number three. It was Cesaro. Okay. My number three is a guy I haven't seen get a lot of votes, and I understand that because it's kind of an out-of-the-box pick, but it's one I really like. My number three is Brock Lesnar. Most under-pushed? Most Underpushed. Okay, you really have to explain this one. Brock Lesnar. Is it because he's just not on TV? Kind of. Brock Lesnar is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And I understand. They pay him a lot of money. They can't afford to have him on every Raw or even on every pay-per-view. They don't pay Paul Heyman a ton of money every time he shows up. What no. would be the harm in Paul Heyman showing up every week just to say, hey, I'm here, and just so you don't forget, my client, Brock Lesnar, is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, 
will fuck your shit up if you cross me or any of my associates and is the one in 21 and 1. Well, according to uh, good old Dave Meltzer, that was originally the plan. But then what happened? It just didn't work out that way. Well, fuck that plan. Fuck that not working out. I I have a hard hard problem voting most underpushed Brock Lesnar when he ended the Undertaker's undefeated streak and destroyed John Cena. And? And then what? And then he had an even-steven match with John Cena. Okay. And then... And most guys are lucky to even get that. Yeah. And he's been off TV. And now he's an afterthought in the authority. And what? And oh, by the know. way, his feud with The Undertaker was god-awful. Oh, that was... it was, And it he was, was made to look like a chump in the entire build to beating the streak. Part of the was, reason there was no heat for that match was that there was no drama. There it was, was sh- no chance. That feud was the shits. I mean, it was. It was. Um, I actually... I forgot to mention this because I'm just looking at the email I initially sent. I went back and changed my vote. Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker should be the worst feud of 2014. It was the shit, and it had no reason to be. Uh, not that Undertaker's a great promo. Brock's not a great promo. So you really had to Undertaker. put a lot of weight into Paul Heyman. Undertaker's a good promo, and Paul Heyman's the best promo. I know. So there's no reason it should have been there's no bad. reason for that feud to have been so bad, but that feud was terrible. Jeez, it was the shits. I had no reason to believe Brock could win. Maybe that was the point, but it was the shits. And we'll talk about something else in a minute. The most overpushed in 2014. Ooh, let me guess your number one. Guess my number one. Roman Reigns. Yes. Can I guess your number one? What? Roman Reigns. (laughs) I mean, do we really need to say any more about Roman Reigns at this point? (laughs) Yes, in addition to being terrible at everything related to wrestling, Roman Reigns is also pushed like a main eventer. He is getting the biggest mega push we have seen in a long time. And he sucks at it! And getting way more chances than anybody's gotten in a long time, and not doing particularly well at any of them. My number two most overpushed is Kane! My number two is Bray Wyatt. Okay. Pushed as a main eventer, doesn't wrestle like one, and his promos I'm not into. I don't. I think I, that pretty much explains everything. Uh, so, I guess Bray Wyatt has main evented shows. So, I would yep. take issue with him being pushed like a main eventer because I really don't think he has been. But okay, he wins like all the time, unless he's facing John Cena. Okay, but forget about John. Everybody loses to John Cena. I forget that. I I, I leave that part out. <laughs> Uh, Seth Rollins loses to John Cena, and he's still really good. He still makes it work. I guess. So I just have I struggle with Bray Wyatt. I I I am I have checked out of the Bray Wyatt character. And uh, my number three was Randy Orton because I have a long-standing personal grudge against Randy Orton. I totally get it. I I totally see it too. He was not doing great work uh, when he was champion in the early part of the year, and then. Uh, did practically nothing the rest of the year. So he was getting hot for like the past couple of weeks right before he left, and then he was gone. Yeah, so. he, he was over when he turned face, and then he disappeared for months, and the Royal Rumble's coming up, and we haven't heard a peep from him. 
As a we person have. who hates Randy Orton, I'm terrified. Well, he's he he's been he, he showed up at a few house shows. House shows don't count. I'm talking about on TV, the product, okay. the WWE televised home people product. We haven't heard a peep from Randy Orton. He's got a broken nose. That's the kind of thing that makes me think surprise Royal Rumble entrant gonna win the main event of WrestleMania. Fuck my life. You know what? You probably would have said the same thing about last year about Sheamus. Because Sheamus hadn't returned yet. He was still probably, in a lot of people's eyes, seen as a big star. And he was getting ready to return at the Royal Rumble. And he was a surprise return at the Royal Rumble. He didn't win. He didn't main event WrestleMania. He didn't do Jack. So I don't know. I hope you're right. But Randy Orton is also a big star who is pushed like a big star and has always been pushed like a big star. So who knows? Who was your number three most overpushed? Michael Elgin. Okay. Uh, I thought I thought he never delivered. I don't think he was the guy to beat Cole, and uh, and then uh, and then he got the title taken away from him. Um, so I guess he maybe he wasn't so over pushed. But I I just think he was given the ball in a huge way in ROH and just didn't deliver. It's kind of like Roman Reigns, but less so. Elgin's Elgin's a better wrestler, but. My best promotion vote, I only did one, and I gave it to New Japan. Yeah. Um, I did uh, best promotion New Japan, and I don't think we really need to discuss that too much. They're great. New Japan had a great year from a business and a booking perspective, and all of their wrestlers are super awesome. Then I did ROH, um, just because I think that they they have consistent good booking. That, and uh, have great matches and pay-per-views. And I didn't. I, I watched all of 24. Well, not all of. I watched most of 2014's ROH pay-per-views, and I thought they were all good. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, and then number three, WWE. And the reason I put that is because I thought the lead-up to WrestleMania 30 was so good that it kind of deserved that a little bit. But everything afterwards kind of fell apart. But yeah. Hmm. Um, worst promotion. This is the only TNA. time I've mentioned it, but TNA. 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 TNA, WWE. TNA, number one, WWE, number two, and I did not have a number three. Number three, I didn't know what to put, so I put Chikara. Fair enough. I've heard it shit. The so. shittiest thing a promotion did this year. My number one was kind of a a blanket. It was like WWE, the way I worded it is WWE creates a horrible working environment leading to CM Punk walking out. Okay. So that that's the whole that's really everything they did with CM Punk. The way they handled that situation before he left, after he left, the whole thing. It was just sleazy from top to bottom. So that was my number one. What about you? Uh WWE uses a downed plane in the Ukraine to draw heat with Lana at Battleground. Yep. That was that was really bad. A lot of people have been talking about that. <laughs> um my number two was another kind of a blanket thing. TNA continues to exist and delude <laughs> and delude its fans with promises of improvement with a new TV show. <laughs> How right you were! Impact sucked. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, TNA continuing to be has uh, led to so many things. Yep. Yeah. WWE using Daniel Bryan's injury to provoke yes chance and use them to promote the WWE network. That was so shitty. Um, and this is back before we, I mean, he could have, he could have been retired for all we knew. Yeah. 
But we have Big Show going out there and saying, oh, he's going to have injury soon. We want to send him a video message, so let's chant yes for him. And then they use it so that they can promote the free month of the WWE Network. Yep. Wonderful. And uh, I, I just went entirely blanket statements with my shittiest things here. My number three was WWE books absolutely horrible programming with almost no true bright spots for eight months and counting post-WrestleMania. Very few bright spots. You're right. It's just – I understand WWE did a lot of individually terrible things and other companies did a lot of individually terrible things. WWE's pro- product has just been garbage. Uh, WWE bashes pay-per-view buyers for not buying the WWE Network. That's an example of a specific terrible thing WWE did. And they still do it! Calling your own <laughs> paying customers stupid. Hey, pay customers that are giving them $60 a month instead of $10 a month, and they're sitting there going, how stupid are you? Well, they're only giving WWE $30 a month, and they're they're calling their own pay-per-view buyers stupid. I mean, yeah. I don't see – I didn't see Global Force Wrestling, for all the crap we gave them, calling their pay-per-view buyers stupid. Like, hey, dumb shits, you could have paid $8 and change for this on New Japan World, but no, you had to buy the pay-per-view, because you're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. They didn't do exactly. I abstained from the best weekly show category. I didn't, I didn't know what to pick, so I put Lucha Underground, NXT, main event, whatever. Yeah, like, the the, the weekly shows that I watched were Raw, which was terrible, SmackDown, which I watched like twice and was totally forgettable and terrible, and I watched a handful of episodes of NXT. And for me, as good as the NXT specials are, on a week-to-week basis, NXT is not watchable. It's It's not very good on a week-to-week basis, no. No, it's either boring or it has Mojo Rawley and The Ascension. And it's just bad. But that's just me. So, I'm not gonna, gonna slam anybody who voted NXT Best Weekly Show. I'll say this, a lot of people did. I know. You wanna know what's funny? It's, it also made my worst weekly show. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, uh, worst weekly show, the second time I mentioned TNA on my ballot because Impact is the worst, it might be the worst thing on television, but it's certainly w- the worst. W- WWE at least had a hot period last year. Yep. And TNA didn't. TNA did not. And TNA didn't even have the good graces to die. No. So my, my ballot for that went Impact, Raw, NXT. And I went Impact, Raw, SmackDown. Fair enough. Interchangeable. Yep. The best major show category, I voted at number one, the War of the World show, the New Japan ROH Together show in New York, because I was there. Hey, it was amazing. It was my number three. Um, I thought it was an awesome show. Um, Good title matches. um, Good matches all around. That was the first live wrestling I've been to since 1994. What did you go to in 1994? In 1994, I went to the last WWF show at the old Boston Garden before they turned it down. 
before oh, okay. they tore it down, rather. Okay. And then in 2014, I went to the ROH and New Japan War of the Worlds, and it was fantastic. I bet it was. And well, no, I, do I know it was. <laughs> they're going to do it again this year, and I'm going to be there, goddammit. That'll be awesome. I uh, I enjoyed watching it on pay-per-view. So, What was your number one? WrestleMania 30. I had WrestleMania number two. It was a fantastic show. It's best WrestleMania since probably... 19, 20? One of those. I thought, honestly, up until the John Cena-Bray Wyatt match was kind of a dud, and then the Undertaker-Lesnar match sucked. Plain sucked. I thought it could be the best WrestleMania ever. But, yeah. I don't think so, but I think it's close. Um, I think it's definitely up there, I think, in the top five. Maybe. I think if you replace, maybe if you if you can go back and replace Undertaker Lesnar with a fantastic match, it's the best. Or even, or even just a really good one. Yeah, but of course you can't do that. No, but it is important. Mm-hmm. What happened was important, and yes. and, and Brian winning the title felt important. Yes, Lesnar, Lesnar, Lesnar beating the take... streak is a moment. That Cena, Cena was not in the main event. The first time since 2010. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, what was your number two? Uh, ROH Best in the World. Okay. It was their first live pay-per-view, and I thought it really delivered in pretty much all fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, the show with uh, Cole and Elgin on it. It had a good Young Bucks and... Um, I think it was the Briscoes match. jeez. Oh, I don't know. They all kind of run together. But I, I remember really liking it. So <sighs> there's that. My num- I'm, bad about, I'm bad about remembering ROH shows. They all kind of run together. My so. number three was the New Japan G1, which I thought oh, was... <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry? Yeah. That, that, that was a really good show. Uh, the main event of that show was a fantastic match. We'll talk about it in a second. I want to make a point, though. The G1 Climax Final was, I think, a four and a half hour show, maybe even a five hour show. And the first hour or two of it was boring. It made up for it in the end, but it was really boring. Yeah. And I want to compare that with the Tokyo Dome show that just happened. Wrestle Kingdom... It was nine. nine that just happened, right? Yep. Wrestle Kingdom nine was just under four hours, and it wasn't boring for a second. Right. You know, I hate prospects. Who is probably the best Twitter follow ever at I hate prospects on Twitter? He's Jefferson lives on the forums or something like that. Said it, it basically in these words, and I'll say it again: a great four-hour show is so much better than a good five-and-a-half-hour show. Yep. Oh, yeah. So I really hope that New Japan, going forward with their big shows, like the Dome show, like the G1 Final, keep it at four hours. Well, if they want to, if they want it to be on um, U.S. pay-per-view, that's what they're going to have to do. Well, so. there you go. Maybe that's going to work out just fine then. Yep. What did you have at number three for best show? War of the Worlds. Okay, then. 
Worst major show. Worst major show. I all of the bad WWE pay-per-views just kind of ran together for me when I was looking back at this. So I like I looked up cards and I was like, I remember that sucked. I remember that sucked. I remember that sucked. I don't have terribly strong feelings about the order here, so I'm just going to give my three. I went WWE TLC, WWE uh-huh. Night of Champions, WWE oh. Extreme Rules. All pretty much could be interchangeable. I thought Extreme Rules was pretty good. And I didn't think anything bad about Night of Champions, really. Mm-hmm. So. Extreme Rules had the Bray Wyatt-John Cena cage match. They, that's that's my worst match of the year. And it also had Daniel Bryan versus Kane. Uh, I thought that match was okay. It, I mean, Extreme Rules had my number two and number three worst match of the year. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, worst major show for me was Battleground. Okay. Uh, it had it was basically just devoid of anything, you know. Which one was Battleground? The July pay per view. That doesn't and help. It, what okay. matches were on Battleground? Well, it, the best match was the opener, and it was uh, Usos versus Wyatt's. I know, shocking. Okay, I remember that was good. And then. Uh, Oh, that was the first time that they screwed us out of a Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose match. And then, I remember the main event was the four-way for the title. Kane versus Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns versus Cena. Oh, God, that match was bad. They had that awful battle royal uh, for the the Intercontinental Championship, which the Miz won. The Miz won. Maybe that's Um, why I don't remember Battlegrounds so terribly. Cesaro was eliminated by Heath Slater in that match. Just so you know where he stands. There was a a completely devoid of anything Chris Jericho-Bray Wyatt match. Um, That was the one Jericho won, too. Exactly. And it was just nothing. It was They they didn't click. Um, And then there was... uh, Rusev and and Swagger was was good, but it had a crummy finish. Uh, Yeah. Count out. So... Right. Uh, it was just, bleh. and then there was TLC. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And then there was uh, TNA Lockdown, oh, which boy. had uh, Samoa Joe falling in a hole because his fat butt couldn't fit through the hole. And then um, Willow debuted, jumped on a bunch of people. They had an awful uh, lethal lockdown match that was just shitty as shit, chat, and it was bad. So, there you go. Worst major shows. They sucked. So, let's talk about the match of the year. What did you have okay. at number one? Uh, John's... Wait a minute. <laughs> no, the match of the year. Not the worst. The Excuse best me. match. The one that was <laughs> the most good. I'm pretty sure John Cena wasn't in it. Uh, you'd see a lot of people liking the SummerSlam match. But no. Uh, I put, uh, I mean, this is kind of just whatever. Um, I didn't put much thought into this. Just if you ask me, what's the match of the year? I put Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, WrestleMania 30. Um, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, WrestleMania 30 was my number two. Fair enough. So. My number one was the main event of the G1 Climax Final, Nakamura versus Okada. It was up until... This past Saturday, the the best New Japan match I'd ever seen. 
Right. And then the Tokyo Dome show had two matches that were better than it. Right. New Japan is really good, you guys. It is. It is. What was your number two? Number two was Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt, Royal Rumble. Okay. See, it shows you I don't completely hate Bray Wyatt. No. He just, he just uh, needs a good partner. I mentioned this at the time, uh, Dan, at the time and a couple of times throughout the year on the podcast. That match was kind of like my baseline for is this a match of the year candidate for me? if it was as good as or better than that match. So I understand why you voted for that match. It ultimately didn't make my cut. Um, it wasn't going to make my cut either. And then I rewatched it and it was incredible. So, okay. um, sometimes I, you know, you just need to look at something again. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was your number three? Uh, and, and, and then you, you know, it clicks, uh, Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville, NXT mm-hmm. takeover. Our evolution. I gotta say, a lot of people have been really kind to Sami Zayn in a lot of the voting here. Sami Zayn has gotten a lot of votes for Wrestler of the Year, for best, best any kind of wrestler. He's been in a lot of Feud of the Year votes, a lot of Match of the Year votes. Sami Zayn is really good at wrestling. I don't think that's controversial. No. Um, my number three was the other Daniel Bryan match from WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton versus Batista. Because Yeah. Yeah. On a rewatch, um I thought the Triple H match was better. But I agree. Um I had it higher. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your number great. one again? I'm My sorry. My number one is Nakamura Okada from the G one final. Oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, the, the 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 triple threat. Yeah, it's it's still really good. It's probably my number four, but I just think I just think it was missing something. And yeah. I think that uh, they 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 there was a little bit too much sports entertainment in there, if you know what I mean. A little bit, but it all worked out in it the did. end. But but uh, with, I mean, and, that, and I think part of that is that that, that it, the it, finish it, of the story, it kind of needed the sports entertainment. Exactly. But I think like uh I think it's hurt a little bit by being after Undertaker lost the streak. It took them a while to get the crowd back. Yeah. That's fair. Um they did get the crowd back, but it took them a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the end they had them. But and it was a great payoff. A great payoff. This is my favorite wrestling moment of the year if there was a category Certainly. for that. But is is Dan O'Brien tapping out Batista. But uh it's a match a whole match I just thought there were there was better. Okay. So. And so did you. That's true, I did. Uh, did Worst we match of the year. <laughs> Worst match of the year was The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Ah, you know, I didn't think about that one when I when I did this ballot, but it Neither absolutely... Neither did almost anyone else. Because all that anybody remembers is he broke the streak, not that he had a bad match before it. It was a wonderful moment, and I I still remember. I don't know if you were in the Skype call that I was. I was I was not in the Skype call during WrestleMania. But there, I was in a big Skype call with half a dozen people watching WrestleMania, and as annoyed as I was that that match had been terrible, when Brock hit that third F five and pinned Undertaker, I went into shock, for lack of a better term. I so just, did I. 
I, just I was like, sat I was like, they 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 screwed up, right? I sat and, there, my mouth agape, and just said, "Oh my god!" and nothing else for like fifteen minutes. You know that something goes against your senses so much that your senses don't even pick up on things. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me. Yeah, because I saw it happen, but my mind didn't believe it. I could not believe that that had happened, and and my ears didn't hear the bell ring. And so in my head, I'm thinking, well, he didn't ring the bell. It was a mistake. He's going to get back up. And then, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this match, Brock Lesnar. And I'm like, yep. Did they ring the bell? <laughs> you know? And then, and then it's in my head. He really did beat him. He really beat him. Beat the streak. <laughs> he beat the streak. He beat the streak, and the Undertaker's never going to wrestle again. Right. By the way, the Undertaker is never going to wrestle again. The Undertaker's right. going to wrestle again. No, he's not. I think he is. No, he's not. I think he is. Why? Because he's the Undertaker. So? The Undertaker said himself that all he has left is the streak. True. But... Now he doesn't have the streak, so he has nothing, so he's never going to wrestle again, and he's certainly not going to wrestle at WrestleMania 31 against Sting. Okay. Maybe he'll wrestle at WrestleMania 31 against Bray Wyatt. Oh, That'll be a bad match. Like, it will be. Honestly, (laughs) I don't think Undertaker could have a good match with anyone at this point. It would be hard. Last year, he wanted, he wanted Brian. Didn't happen. Um, probably would have had a a good match, but they needed Brian for other things. (laughs) And, uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it'll be a bad match. I don't think Undertaker will wrestle ever again. I think he will. I I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't too, but I think he will. <laughs> my number two was John Cena versus Bray Wyatt in the cage match, for the record. That was my number one. It sucked. It was so bad. I watched it. it I watched so it again. I watched it again a few weeks ago. It was worse the second time. The whole thing was so bad. It was an exercise in making Bray Wyatt look like a fool, and then they tacked a terrible finish on top of it that assured the feud needed to continue so that they could make Bray Wyatt look like a fool again. Bray Wyatt won. He did. But he didn't. John Cena had 17 visual wins. And he only and then, lost because of a demonic singing child. Bray Wyatt didn't even beat John Cena. A kid did. Bray Wyatt just walked out of the cage. It was so bad. It was so bad. Was and then so my, num- bad. my number three was a match that did not happen. Daniel Bryan versus Kane at Extreme Rules. No, it didn't happen. Anyway, my number didn't two. <laughs> what was so bad about it? Come on. It was terrible. I mean, it... The match in a vacuum might have been not horrible, but it was part of a feud where the whole point was that Daniel Bryan is afraid of Kane now, and Kane controlled a lot of it, and it was bad, and it was slow, and it was boring, and it had ten minutes of Daniel Bryan trying to drive a forklift to the ring just so that he could do a diving headbutt off a forklift that fucked up his neck and made him miss eight months of wrestling. 
Well, you've got a point. Uh, but it's, that match was horrible uh, and cost us Daniel Bryan off our televisions. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> number two. For, uh, let's see. For me, my number two was Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns from the February 24th oh, edition of Raw. God, I hated that match. It was so shitty. I, I remember after that match, we talked on this podcast about, hey, guys, Roman Reigns sucks. And everyone was like, no, nah, Roman Reigns doesn't suck. He'll be fine. He's, they both sucked in that match. Bray Wyatt doesn't, you know, isn't a ring general. Nope. He's better than Roman Reigns. He is, but he's, but he's not he, great. He, he's not a ring general. He can't command a match yet. And then Roman Reigns goes out there and he doesn't know what the, doesn't have a clue what nope. he's doing. He's bad. And so that match fell apart. It sucked. It was, the crowd didn't care. The crowd chanted, I don't even know, CM Punk and a bunch of other shit at it. They thought it sucked. Everybody thought it sucked. It sucked. It was bad. And then, and then, <laughs> then I put another Roman Reigns match on here. I'm not even meaning to pick on Roman Reigns. What was your number three? Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Raw, December 29th. Uh. They had a pretty, they had an okay match back in September. This match sucked. It had, it had like R- Rollins putting Roman Reigns in a chin lock. Roman can't sell. And then, and then Roman, like the crowd doesn't care. The crowd didn't give one crap. The crowd chanted. I don't even know what they chanted. I know they didn't chant anything. They just didn't care. They were completely silent, which is worse. And then they, uh, and then eventually Roman, I think, hit his, his, uh, you know, his, his couple of moves, whatever, his Superman punch. And then he went for a spear. A big show interfered, and then yep. did a whole bunch of shit. And who could possibly care? It sucked. It was a terrible 15-minute match with a finish that they telegraphed before the match. Yes, because my big show being on commentary, they're like, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to give one shit about this match. Yep. And then, and then, uh, and then, yeah, it sucked. It sucked. The best commentator, I... Low-hanging fruit here. I could have voted for nobody. I probably should have voted for nobody. Instead, I desperately stretched the definition of the word commentator to include backstage interviewer. And gave the vote to Renee Young. Hey, she was a commentator on NXT. I don't like her when she does commentary on NXT. Well, I know, but you could still vote for her. I could have, but I would have been lying. So Renee Young got my vote. Low-hanging fruit, so I put Michael Cole. <laughs> like, he's good when, there, when he's allowed to be. I don't think so. I think he's okay. okay when he's allowed to be. I certainly think he's... He would be better if he was given some freedom and if he didn't have Vince McMahon in his ear and if he see, didn't have all the things that come with being the voice of Monday Night Raw. See, I thought he was good at WrestleMania. I thought he was good. And and, and he commentates main event, and he's often really good on main event. He does main tells, event? Yes. God, which does yeah, the man, so much. The man does everything. He does but Raw, the, SmackDown, and main event? Yes, he does. And I, uh, and you know what? On main event, he's good, which tells me Vince isn't in his ear. Maybe. He, he calls the match, he calls it, and he tells the story of the match. He's good. He's just not allowed to be. And then I put Regal. Regal's good. Um, and Renee Young. Okay. So. Who did you have for worst? Alex Riley. Okay. He's the shits. Mm-hmm. So is JBL. So is Jerry Lawler. Yep. They're all the shits. I went uh, Lawler at first worst. And Cole at second and JBL at third, just because occasionally JBL will do things that remind me of when he was the SmackDown commentator for a couple of years, and I loved him when he was that. 
So okay. he's the least bad, but they're all bad. Yep. Yeah. Best non-wrestler. Uh, Paul Heyman. Easy. Yep. I, uh, uh, I basically telegraphed my vote over many months of this very podcast. Paul Heyman, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H. Like, he is a great performer, and there's just, I mean. Yeah. It's just, it, it, like, the drop-off after him is, is, is far to me. Uh, Paul Heyman, Lana, and Bruce Tharp. Okay. I have no problem with Lana. Bruce Tharp, I didn't see at all, but, he's, uh. He's great. Lana is really good. I thought Stephanie McMahon and Triple H in their roles were great. When they're not trying to get themselves over, I think it works. I when think, it, when they, I think trying to get themselves over is part of their role. I, I know, and I think it sucks, so. Whatever. I think they are great at everything they do on TV. That's that's fair. I just <sighs> Yeah. On TV, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H are fantastic characters and they play those characters fantastically. Okay. What did you have for the best wrestling move? I don't know. I just put down some stuff even though I don't think like I didn't really put much thought into it, so I didn't put too much uh, thought into it either. But Rollins' curb stomp I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian's knee was good, and the uh, ACH dive. The knee that beat John Cena was good. I had the Meltzer driver number one because that's uh-huh. a crazy fucking move. And you know what? In retrospective, I should have put that there. But like whatever. the Meltzer driver is ultimately a pretty safe move. The guy it taking is. it is taking a tombstone pile driver. The risk right. is in whichever Jackson does the flippy bit into the X Factor. Right. But yeah, it's a really cool move. It looks it's, it's ostentatious and ridiculous, which fits the Young Bucks perfectly. Yeah, I like the Melter Driver. Yeah. Uh, good. I had the Rainmaker number two. It's a visually uh-huh. impressive move. It is protected magnificently. Well, it's been kicked out of now. Well, it wasn't kicked out of in twenty fourteen. Absolutely true. And for number three, I had a move that I don't think anybody else had, but I had the Black Widow. Oh, I could see that for sure. I, it was good. I like submission finishers, and the Black Widow is a really, really cool submission finisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What's next? Best Twitter account? Best Twitter account. I mm. put basically zero thought into this. I went Dave Meltzer, Cody Rhodes, and CM Punk. I probably should have just put Meltzer at number one and the rest whatever, but I just put who even cares. So Yeah. And then the last award, bit of a self-serving award, the best wrestling-related podcast. I voted for me and a, mm-hmm. and my friends Hulkamat and MRT and you, Awful Jack, as a guest on the Punch Sport Podcast, and KFG and Sunsweet and Oakin <laughs> and everyone else who has been on the Punch Sport Podcast, number one. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. My number one was uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. Wrestling Observer Radio is a good show, but you know my friends and I don't do it. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. I gave the piss cast number two. Uh, that's fair. Um, I put Brian and Vinny show number two. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is going to be a bit awkward, and I swear I'm not just sucking up to our guest, but I had the main event superstars pinfall panic podcast number three. Oh, thank you. Um, 
I, I put lapsed fan. I didn't, I didn't suck up to anybody. I didn't think about it. So, a uh, lapsed fan ca- podcast is pretty good. So, put that as number three. Um, so we, well, spe- the, the Punchboard podcast doesn't really do shows that much anymore. So, we don't. We kind of fell off for a couple of months there because, you know, I moved and I had bad internet for a few weeks and then Raw was terrible. So I stopped watching wrestling and, yeah. You'll probably get back into it for Mania season. Hopefully. But uh, also just we've spent the last two hours or so talking about things that happened in 2014. Why don't we give a couple of minutes talking about what we think is going to happen in 2015? Why don't we? It's all going to be bad. Well, I was hoping you would have an optimistic prediction, but well, I'm going to make yeah. I'm going to make my prediction and it's not even just a 2015 prediction. WWE's programming for the most part is not going to be good at least until there is major substantial change at the very top of WWE. That's absolutely true. I'm not saying that all of WWE's problems are because they are ultimately run by a senile, out-of-touch 70-year-old man, but I'm saying that none of their problems can be fixed until they're not. True. So, yeah. That's the truth. Um, It's not all Vince's fault. A lot of it is the fault of people Vince hired and likes. My thing, yeah. How's that for downer for you? It's not Vince's fault. It's just all of Vince's cronies. <laughs> My thing is, it's WWE's bad. It's gonna be bad for a while. So yeah, until until things change. But I do watch it for the bright spots that sometimes do pop up, and it usually <sighs> excites me. I'm hoping that happens this year. It happened last year. Let's hope it happens again. Um, will WWE make the right call at the Royal Rumble, whatever that is? I don't know. Um, right now it's looking like Brian should win that Royal Rumble because he has the best story possibly mm-hmm. heading into WrestleMania. Uh, that, you know, reclaiming the title from the beast Brock Lesnar that he never lost, and it would be an amazing match. But will they go that route? I don't know. I'm going to zoom out a bit and probably gloss over some things, and I don't really mean to, but I want to make a general point. The spring of 2014, with Daniel Bryan chasing the title, was probably the best on a regular basis WWE's programming had been in, you want to say, five years? Consistently? Consistently, Uh... week to week. Yeah, pretty close. Five, I, five or more. I had very few issues with it. I thought, okay. and I'm not just week, saying that. I'm saying you know, all of the, all of the angles were pretty good at that time. The programming was they not, were not everything was clicking, but, but at least at the top, everything at the top was clicking, and it seemed hot. Mm-hmm. WWE seemed like it was headed not 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 to say it was going to be back to the Attitude Era, but it seemed like it was on the right path. Right. And it was the first time it had seemed like that in, let's say, five years. At least five At years. At least five years. Now realize that that came about only because not only did CM Punk walk out, but CM Punk walked out and Batista flopped 
to a degree that WWE can't have anticipated, and Daniel Bryan got hot to a ridiculous degree. Each one of those are three unique events that can't have been planned for, in fact, weren't planned for, and were actively planned against. That's the truth. Basically, what you, what it comes down to is, while you sa- while I sound like a negative Nelly saying, oh, WWE was great six months ago, but is terrible now, so it's going to be terrible forever, WWE was the best it's been in years six months ago, but it was only that way because lightning struck three times. Exactly. And I know a lot of people are thinking, well... Dean Ambrose is like Daniel Bryan was a year ago. He's not even close. He's not even close. If Dean Ambrose was like Daniel Bryan was a year ago, Dean Ambrose would still be over. Exactly. It's not even close. It's not. Nobody is even close. The only person who's close is possibly Bryan again. And Roman Reigns isn't flopping as badly as Batista flopped. That's true. Well, we don't know that yet. The Royal Rumble, things could go very bad for him. It could. It's in Philly. Because, think about, okay, the first, the first, uh, first day Batista was back, the crowd loved him. And then the Royal Rumble happened. Changed <sighs> everything. Basically, so who what knows? I'm saying is, what I think we're both saying is, if you want good wrestling in 2015, watch New Japan and the Indies. NJPWWorld.com. Yep. $8.40 a month. 999 yen! It's a magnificent troll. I like but, it. But, it's possible WWE could also get good, so is don't it? completely ignore it. It's possible. If Dana Bryan wins the Royal Rumble, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome moment. Yeah, I know what you mean. I get what you're saying. I hate to be it's such a, a downer about it, but there you it's go. It's not going to happen, but it's you know, and that's what I'm saying. If it does, if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, I expected it. You know. Yeah, yep. So that's two hours of wrestling with a big downer ending. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. We got we got New Japan World. That's New true. Ja- NJPW, like good wrestling, is more accessible than it's ever been. That's very true. And if WWE is bad, you've got alternatives, and that's awesome. Even Lucha Underground's really good. DNA's bad, but like that yeah. was going to change. That's uh, true. <laughs> so yeah. Watch Lucha Underground. Watch New Japan. Watch the Indies. Watch the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble is always fun, no matter what. Because the Royal, Royal Rumble, Rumble will be will be fun, and WrestleMania will have some surprises, so that'll be worth watching too. Yep. And listen to the Punch Sport podcast, which I swear to God will record at least three episodes in 2015, other than this one. Low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. Anything else to say before we get out of here, Jack? Uh, no. Um, I guess let me get my plugs in. Uh, uh, Twitter is at Awful Jack. Uh, you can also follow the Pinfall Panic podcast at, I don't even know, Pinfall, at Pinfall Panic. And, uh, you can, uh, subscribe on iTunes, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Tune in, Stitcher, we're all on that, that stuff. And, uh, you can go to shoutengine.com slash Pinfall Panic podcast. And you can listen to, all the previous shows that I've done with Sunsweet, and they're all good in their own way, but 
but we haven't done one since Helena Cell. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the night Dean Ambrose died. Through 